Hey everybody, I'm Jordan. I'm the social media manager over at Saligo and the host of the Saligo Technology Leaders podcast. Today we're joined by my co-host Mark Simon, the vice president of strategy. Welcome, Mark. And as well, we have Michael O'Toole, the VP of services at Bright Idea, an enterprise level idea management platform. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. Um, very much so. Um, as we do around here, uh, Michael, could you give the folks just joining us and listening uh, a little bit of background on yourself and kind of how you got to uh, the the VP of services role at Bright Idea? What what led you there and, and what was your journey like? Um, sure. Um, so I'll sort of go back um, more years than I care to think about right now, but um, I've always been in technology, which is why I classify myself as the oldest Gen Z in the room. Um, and uh, starting out um, today, you call it software engineering. Back then, we called it programming. Uh, and so I've always been around the use of software, the use of technology to address um, you know, business issues, business problems. Um, that over the years sort of parlayed itself into a role. Um, my first real role in the software uh, world was with uh, an enterprise software company called PeopleSoft. Um, where um, I landed up in professional services, um, starting out as a consultant, um, you know, helping customers implement the software. Uh, but again, it's all about using uh, technology to solve you know, a business problem. Um, over the years, I worked at um, you know, a number of other companies. I went uh, uh, also went out on my own for a little bit. Uh, but I ended up at Bright Idea six and a half years ago, and I, I found the company when they reached out to me uh, looking for a, a VP of services. Um, and I didn't really know a great deal about their field, um, right? Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But um, when they introduced, when uh, the recruiter introduced to me what Bright Idea uh, was doing, um, you could have just about knocked me over with a feather because it really solves a problem that a lot of organizations have. And that is, you know, how do I, how do I capture ideas, um, things that I could work on? Um, how do I turn those into things that I want to work on or develop them into things I want to work on? And how do I prioritize, right? Um, you know, if I look at the world today, um, you know, organizations use um, Atlassian, Jira, right, to manage IT projects, but they don't have a way of determining, right, within that, which projects that they should work on. And that's where a bright idea fits in. It's, it's the, uh, it fills the gap between the concept of the idea or the innovation and the uh, leading up to the implementation of the innovation itself. So, so, so I've been at Bright Idea six and a half years, um, you, know, um, you know, steady growth over that six and a half years, not hockey puck growth, uh, hockey stick growth, but, um, uh, but steady growth over those years and um, loving it every day. Well, fantastic. Appreciate that uh, kind of explanation and introduction. Um, like I said, very glad to have you here. Um, I will ask a little bit more, and I know we'll dive into Bright Idea as a platform, but um, you know, it, it, if I had to give a medal to the most generic sounding work title, professional services might uh, get a silver or gold. Um, and so for those who aren't familiar, could you tell us a little bit about what a, a Vice President of Professional Services does. What is what is that exactly, and, and how do you help uh, Bright Ideas succeed in doing so? 
Sure. Um, so, um, so in the software business, right, um, on sort of the um, customer-facing front, um, you know, so I'm leaving behind sort of product engineering, marketing, but on the customer-facing front, you know, we sell the solution, we support the customer and customer success. Um, but oftentimes when a company is looking at a new software solution, they need to know how to implement it and how to make it work for them and how to get value um, out of that implementation and how to you know, uh, meet the success metrics that justify the investment that they make in the software. That's where professional services comes in. Um, I manage a uh, team of uh, consultants and engineers that basically help configure the software um, for our customers. Um, in some instances, we provide change management consulting, right? So when you're trying to introduce change into an organization, you know, ad adoption is hard. Um, so we, um, we are also educating customers on uh, concepts of, you know, innovation management, idea management, um, and, um, and how those bring value to the organization. Because it's not just a cultural thing, it's how to make a business more effective, more efficient, and simply put, better. Fantastic. Almost a holistic implementation, if you will. Um, yeah, yes. That's that that's really interesting, Michael. I, I um what I think every software company, when it comes to their professional services, they have to figure out what's the what's the scope of practice for the PS that's appropriate. And, and certainly I've seen this because I think you I, I know that we've grappled with this in times and I've been been part of these discussions. Um, and, and you hit on something really interesting, which was the change management component, because it's not just the way I look at it. It's not just whatever software you have. It's not just implementing that software, but as much or more of a determinant of success is how it fits into the organization, how it actually fits into the business processes of the organization. Do the business processes of the org actually need to be reworked to fit the software or to meet best practices, which hopefully the software or are they differentiated in some way, need to be customized? There's this sort of interesting inner working, and it often leads to almost this sort of, I think of more of process consulting, almost, you know, you're, you're edging into uh, management consulting. And, and I'm curious to think here about how at Bright Idea, you've tackled that kind of problem and figuring out what's what's the right scope. What, how broad do you get with your scope in that regards? And, and where do you draw that line? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start with the line. Um, the way we look at it, the way I look at it is, um, is or are the services that we're providing um, increasing or helping the customer adopt, increasing use of or helping the customer adopt right, our software? Okay. Um, I describe us as Sherpas um, and the customer is choosing to climb a mountain. We'll call that for now Mount Innovation, okay? It's our job to help them get to the top of the mountain successfully, safely, um, and in such a way that they can do it again and again. Because they don't want, generally don't want to use Sherpas all the time, right? They don't want to use professional services all the time. Um, but in many instances, particularly um, in the uh, category uh, of you know, software that we're in, um, this, this is new to them. They've never done this before. Um, and the question becomes, um, 
how how do I implement you know an innovation program right um, within within my company? Um, and what most people don't realize is innovation is going on in every company all the time, right? And it's it's a matter of finding those pockets of innovation, showing how um, you know a, a standardized uh, process with governance um, can bring about um, rigor in terms of the uh, the way you go about it, and how software supports that. Right. So the the line for me is: Are we helping um, increase the use of the Bright Idea software? That could be from zero to one. It could be from one to a hundred. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that that definitely does. Uh, there there was something there that that jumped out for me, Michael, as you mentioned the innovation and the process. It's almost like the process of innovation, and that strikes me as something a bit unique because if I fill the room with a bunch of uh, creatives they they might tell me that if and you try to apply process they might tell me that the process is getting in away in the innovation but i i think you're advocating something else um i'm curious to get your get your take on that how how in how process actually maybe frees up innovation um so as i said uh innovation is occurring in all organizations constantly right um you know i happen to have a son in the advertising uh, space, they are constantly, you know, they're they're creative. They're testing, right. you know, testing out ideas. But you know, they take ideas and uh, they may take ten ideas, and nine of them end up on the you know cutting room floor, and they you know they implement one. Well, the nine ideas that they're throwing away, okay, might have value to another customer, to another part of the organization, right? And they've just thrown them on the floor. Where Bright Idea comes in is one: we help you create transparency and visibility into all of those ideas, so that many people can see, evaluate, and judge them. Um, we capture them, so you've um, got the history, and you can see where they originated, um, the type of problem they're trying to address, and how they might go on about addressing that. Um, but you can also archive them because an idea that comes in today. Mm -hmm might not be a good idea today but it could be a good idea tomorrow right yeah um without the software without the process and without the governance you start from scratch every single time do you michael do you find that um meeting the creatives where they are is is something that's important when implementing bright idea as a new piece of technology or software and and the reason that i ask that is Soligo, we're an ipass company we deal with integrations um, to you know help companies bring data from whatever application they're using and automate the flow of that data into another application and in doing a deep dive on bright ideas website something that i thought was interesting is you guys do have a lot of integrations and i'm wondering if that's part of the plan to meet creatives where they are. So no matter what application they're working in, if they have some idea, does the integration strategy of Bright Idea is part of that meeting those creatives where they are um, to to not hinder their creative process, as Mark was kind of talking about before? Like how, how do integrations, I guess, play into your strategy when you're implementing Bright Idea as a new piece of software? 
Yeah. So it's a great question. Um, I'm going to start, however, by sort of redefining the term creative. Okay. And, and I'm just going to say it's anybody who's got an idea on how to improve the business. Okay. To uh, solve a problem that's occurring on the manufacturing line, to optimize a process in the finance department, to create a new market um for the uh for the organization to um you know uh, identify technologies that can be applied to improve the products of the organization so creatives can be anywhere okay so that's the first thing and and yes it's important to meet them where they are um because oftentimes and i'll take uh you know the manufacturing example the person on the factory floor doesn't have a voice yet they're the ones that see the problem and they're the ones that might have the idea to solve that problem. Okay, so you know that's the, the the first point I wanted to bring out there is you know meeting people where they are and making sure that everybody has access to an application like Bright Idea is how you capture the ideas that can um, and the innovations that can um, improve an organization and make it better. Um, let me talk now a little bit about integrations. Okay, software cannot function as an island. The data that's in Bright Idea, okay, has value, but it only has value if we can get the data to the places where it has value. Okay, so let's take a. I'll just take one I've already touched on as a you know fairly simple um, example. Okay, an idea comes in through Bright Idea. Um, we need a change. It's an IT type project. Uh, it gets evaluated. The cost benefit analysis. Um, stacks up right and an organization says yes this is something we want to go with great how do we manage our it projects ah, jira let's push this to jira okay now you've created this your know, dependency right we have um customers that take ideas in that have um they're looking for ideas that have intellectual property value or patentability as an example right um and we um, help them evaluate those ideas, build those ideas out to where they're well thought out ideas. Um, but we're not a patent management application. So then we want to integrate with patent management. Okay. It makes sense to get that data. That's where that data ultimately belongs. But if you just took the initial idea and put it in a patent management application, it has zero value because it hasn't been well thought out. Right? Uh -huh. Okay. Is it fair to say then that Bright Idea is is almost like an idea incubator as, as a tool, as a software platform? It's an idea incubator for an organization. So you can you can intake it, incubate them there until they get to, or you end up archiving whatever it may be. But if you think about the happy path, you you incubate it there until it's ready to move into its you know ultimate destination, which might be like you said, Jira or or a patent application management solution or, or any, any any one of thousands of applications yes yeah absolutely and in fact we have a one of our four core products um, is called bright idea labs and we have an app uh, in there called incubate um, so an idea comes in um, it generally gets vetted maybe it gets uh, you know uh, developed to the point where it seems viable but there's still an element of doubt, right? So maybe you want to run an MVP or a proof of concept. You would run that through our incubate product. Um, you potentially apply um, alternate technologies um, in, in that process. 
And so, f again, you're further building that out to the point you say, yes, we want to do this. Yes, we want to execute upon this. Yes, this is going to be um, uh, tremendous of you know, uh, value for our business. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you for, for breaking that, that sure. down. And, you know, I, I think the more that, well, Mark knows this because he's our vice president, but I think the more that I learn from people is, like you said, you know, ideas and data can't be on an island. They need to be interconnected and, and, and flowing together. And um, I think the way that you guys have currently have this set up at Bright Idea to gather, incubate, and then, um, I guess, spread out to the right application or to the right place or to the right person is, is, is very cool. Um, when you are working in implementing Bright Idea with companies like Amazon or Nike or 3M or BTC or these massive, like these, like your customers are huge enterprise customers. And that's just yep. a few of which are located on your guys' website. I, I know you guys have more. Um, how is that different than a large organization? And, you know, a large organization might have a thousand, two thousand, five thousand employees, but you're working with, com with companies that, you know, have 20, 40, 50,000. How do you, how, what's the, the 30,000 foot view when you're implementing software across every single department for that big of an enterprise company? So, so typically we start with, um, you know, actually, let me step back before I say that. Um, you know, when, when companies come to us, um, they may already have innovation processes in place. Okay. They may not, they may have, right. So, you know, innovation management is not like finance, where there are gap accounting rules, where the standardization, we're starting to see that um, there are ISO standards for innovation management. Um, and innovation management in a lot of organizations is viewed as optional, okay? Um, but the smart organizations, right, the ones that are really forward thinking, they're playing the long game, they're not viewing it as optional. Okay, they're viewing it as a critical uh, part of their um, part of their business, um, and they're the ones that have longevity in terms of their use of uh, a, you know, a software platform like Bright Idea. Um, in those organisations, um, you know, innovation may be um, run from a cent central group. So, uh, in much the same way as IT and HR might be run from central groups um, in uh, in many organisations. And, and those teams then will coordinate with other parts of the organization. Um, you know, if you want to run, um, you know, we're very strong, for example, in pharma and biotech. Okay. Um, we have a lot of customers in that arena. Those customers like to go out to um, external constituents. Um, it could be other scientists. It could be uh, research groups. It could be universities. Um, and they will run, um, I, you know, innovation events or innovation challenges, right, to gather ideas. Um, you know, how can we, um, uh, I, I'm just making something up here, but how might we, um, you know, uh, find a way to test blood glucose level without a needle? Right? Things as simple as that, right? And what they're looking for is they're looking to bring those ideas into their organization, turn them into something that's marketable, right, it's profitable. Um, and, and to do so, they're not always going to do that from within. They're going to do that, um, you know, by going out to other experts in the field. Got it. Awesome. So, 
uh, Michael, it, there's, there's some other industries that have or uh, different management processes that have different techniques or almost best practices that are, that are evolved. Just like if you go and you look up decision-making frameworks or methods of, an, of different types of analysis, there's, there's things that have emerged. Is, are you saying that within like the concept of the innovation space and, and managing innovation as a process that these sort of, some of these like different, has there been an emergence of different best practices frameworks that you kind of, and so you one can subscribe to one sort of thinking process around around innovation then essentially um there is a generally accepted approach right in terms of how you you gather ideas um i wouldn't call it documented anywhere um the iso standards are probably the closest that you're going to come um to that um but organizations you know tend to go about this the same way but there are some areas where and some pitfalls right some traps they can fall into um that can be you know somewhat um off-putting um and let me you know just share a couple of examples here um you know one example would be taking ideas in saying look we're, we're looking to solve xyz problem or we're looking to improve you know xyz process um going out asking for people to submit ideas um taking those ideas in and then shutting down all communication okay uh particularly if you're dealing with employees right um employees next time you go and ask them if you haven't told them what went on before it's not it's not that my idea was selected um but it's like knowing what went on with the program was it successful if i contributed even though my idea wasn't selected did somebody else's contribution get selected, right? So communication and transparency mm. are key, right? Because otherwise next time, oh, why should I bother? I just submitted an idea last time. I have no idea what happened, right? So so that's you know, a, a critical thing um, that you know, organizations have to consider when they're going out and, and soliciting ideas. And, and another one is uh, to think about um how an idea gets uh developed right and um there's a couple of things i'll talk here the first one is um does the person who's submitting the idea have the um ability to build that idea out or do they require further expertise from other parts of the organization right so someone might have a great idea but not necessarily know how to execute on it right mm -hmm. um so um, you need to make that idea gathering simple, right? Because if you start asking complex questions that the person can't answer, then they're not going to submit, right? Um, yeah. Similarly, okay, um, and I'll use um, I'll use an example of surveys here. Um, so, Jordan, Mark, I guarantee both of you uh, probably sometime in the past few months have received emails asking you to do a follow-up survey for some service or product that you've received. And you're like, okay, I felt pretty good about that. I'll do that. And you go in and you know they've said, oh, it'd take two minutes of your time and 15 minutes in, you're like, I'm done, right? This is taking way too long. You, you've got to make it right, appealing and follow through on your commitment, right? To the person that you're asking Right of their time and their yeah. uh, their brain power, 
Um, and then later on, if you go back to that person and say, hey, thank you so much for submitting. We want some more information. They're engaged at that point. They're absolutely engaged. Is that yeah, I th yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, Mike, I think you bring up a good point there because otherwise you end up with this built-in bias in the collection. I, at least this is the way that I think about it. Is that because only the people that are really passionate will respond, and those the people that are passionate about whatever subject you're asking tend to be the ones that are very much for it. Uh, happy yep. about it. Like you're talking, just listening uh, feedback about a product, you either get the people that are absolutely raving and love it, or you get the people that have had a horrific experience and then hate it. And you end up with these two very polarized, the only people that are like, if they're expecting a drawn out process, you you only get those, you're, you're selecting into those groups. Whereas the, the people in the middle, which really you want to make them fans, or you want to prevent them from having a bad experience, if, if they're expecting this is going to take 15 minutes, you're they're not they're not going to bother. They don't they don't right. care enough to bother. Um, is that kind of what you see? Then Do you see something like that. Um, it's not that we see it. We try and um, you know when we start talking with um, you know customers about you know implementing our software and you know uh, basically building the flow to um, solicit the ideas to ask the question right. Um, you have to ask, you have to phrase your questions mm. in a very pointed way. Um, you have to ask the, you know, for the right sets of information um, so that the idea can uh, go through an initial valuation. Um, and that's part of the, the learning process um, that um, is part of that change management, right? It's, it's closely tied to the use of the software. Um, so it falls on that side of the line, um, but, but it is still change management in an organization because in a lot of cases, people haven't done this before, or maybe they've been doing it and not doing it well. Interesting. I have kind of an ethical question. Um, do you think brands that use a, a software or a platform like Bright Idea, um, rather than just recognition, should they pay their employees who come up with great ideas just kind of um, I, think, I think there's uh you know I, mm -hmm. I certainly have um you know personal opinions but i i would argue uh that my professional opinion is it's really up to the organization and the types of ideas that they're looking for um you know i will tell you um it wouldn't take you much to do uh some searching of uh some of our customers that are using um uh, our software in, in a public forum. So it's stuff that you can go look at um, that in the public forum, um, you know, prizes are offered, sponsorship is offered, uh, venture backing is offered, um, you know, uh, be part of a corporate accelerator is offered. Um, um, we have a I mean, one I'll just talk about. We have a, um, um, a customer in um, Africa uh, called Bima Lab. Um, and they are um, sponsored by UK Aid, um, and uh, what they're doing is they're building um, a uh, an internal accelerator for small up and coming financial technology companies in the African continent. Okay, um, the uh, and specifically in insurance in this particular instance, 
uh, you know, the website is beamalab.org. You can go look at that and how they solicit people to submit their software. They've got uh, people that are investors. Um, and uh, it's just a, um, uh, uh, a good way of how, um, how a platform like Bright Idea can um, bring different entities together and solve not just a problem within a company, but a broader market or institutional problem um, in a country or even in this case, a continent. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really that's a cool way to think about it. And uh, you, you mentioned like, you know, earlier, uh, an employee on a manufacturing floor, he might have an idea and not have a way to fix things. And whenever I think about that, I think about Toyota, obviously the car manufacturer giant, they have a button at every single individual station on the manufacturing floor and if they have an idea about you know hey there's a problem with the way that we're welding this frame to this bracket mm -hmm. and hit that button the entire production stops and the senior executive staff comes down from their office and they listen to them and that person pitches them their idea um, and if it is an idea that it could in fact allow their manufacturing process to be cheaper or more effective or better they will stop and re-engineer everything to incorporate that person's idea I'm forgetting what the exact name of this philosophy of design and, and manufacturing is, but it's something that they've been doing for 20, 30 years at this point. And I just think it's, you know, if, if I was that guy on the manufacturing floor who had the great idea to save an enterprise hundreds of millions of dollars, whether I got a promotion or whether I got pay or whether I was entered into some accelerant program within my organization, I think that you know, regardless of whatever anyone's personal opinion is, it, it's really cool to see platforms using Bright Idea to give back to the people that are utilizing the tool and making the brand so much better. And I think oftentimes executives and, and executive leadership gets a lot of the credit and a lot of the credit is due there. But there's always people on the ground who are, you know, kind of in the weeds, in the trenches, thinking about things. And it's cool to see a platform like this that's used by enterprise, you know, businesses that are have thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees making billions of dollars, giving back to uh, the smaller guys in a specific way. And, you know, regardless of whatever anyone's, you know, uh, personal opinion is, and I'm sorry I put you on the spot with that question, but it's no, just no, cool. It's cool. My first reaction to what you just said is, I need to make a note to have our salespeople re reach out to Toyota, because if they had the right idea, they would not have to stop the production line. But you know that's that is a classic example of the role that the bright ideas software could play in an organization, right? You've got something that's ongoing. Hey, um, you know it it works, but you know when something works, people don't evaluate it, right? They they don't really don't reassess it. They only reassess it when it's broken. And it's when it's working that you really want to say, how can I improve it and how can I make it better? Um, so uh, and, and I would like to say to do so without stopping the production of the cars, unless yeah. it's something that's really uh, you know, life threatening. Well, speaking yeah. of giving giving to the lower person, I'll take commission on that idea. Mark, go ahead. <laughs> well, Jordan, I think you're referring to the philosophy of Kaizen. And yes. And so I've actually done some training on that and it's absolutely uh, fascinating. And I have, I have toured multiple manufacturing uh, facilities here in the Northwest that have adopted Kaizen. There's these like work groups that develop in different places around it. Mm -hmm. 
and then they're really big on sharing their ideas to other groups. So I've gone in as a, as a team before and seen this like implemented and seen how to improve it. Um, maybe not quite to the extent that there's a big red button and the production stops, but there's definitely a very different philosophy of these, all these the continual small improvements coming from every possible direction. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it really, it made me look at processes and business processes completely differently. Um, yeah. So, uh, there's, there's definitely something, there's something there to that approach. Um, but, but I also think it's for me, like when you say, Oh, should someone be rewarded for coming up with an idea? I kind of think, well, absolutely. But, that's really what everyone is is being, you know, employees are being compensated for is to contribute to the good of the organization. And that, you know, if you take especially a line level role, and if someone is executing on that on that role, you can do the minimum to meet your to meet your job and your and the expectations for that. And you will keep probably keep doing that forever. But if you can exceed those, you make your your team, your manager more successful, your unit you're you're going to naturally get more opportunity and you're and you're going to rise up and i think that's the way that organizations reward people by by having career paths through those with good ideas so i almost think that's like intrinsic in most organizations designs they don't have an artificial now when they have an artificial layer and they're not willing to pe promote people from within i think that that starts to become an issue and inhibit innovation yeah, and just to go back to sort of you know uh, just the concept of the production line. That's you know that's how people move off of the production line into leadership roles, right? It's how they demonstrate that leadership role. Now that said, we do have customers that um, do compensate. Um, sometimes that compensation is small. It's a recognition. It's uh, you know lunch with a senior leader. It's a couple of days uh, extra. Um, you know. Uh, PTO, um, so you know, so companies do that, and it 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 doesn't have to be monetary. Um, it, it you know, there are ways there are ways to give people um, a reward um, and make them feel good that are in many uh, cases much better than giving them monetary compensation. Totally, totally. No, I, I mean, I think there's, you know. I think value is the key, whether it is monetary, whether it's it's time, whether it is a meeting with an executive, all of those things are valued very highly. And as long as value is provided, I think that's it's kind of what we, we're going for. We have built into the Bright Idea software um, the concept of, uh, we call them reputation points. But basically, um, when a customer starts um, you know, some kind of innovation initiative um, that, that they can um, allocate um, reputation points based upon certain activities, right? So points for signing in, points for registering, points for submitting ideas, points for commenting ideas, points for voting on ideas. And they use those, right? You know, gamification is a bit of a strong term for that, but uh, you know, a little bit of internal competitive uh, spirit. Um, and uh, we've had co uh, companies on a global basis Right, try and do it organizationally. So, which organization can garner the most reputation points, right, to show that they're active, that they're vested in uh, growing the company, right, and uh, and providing that intrinsic value um, that you're talking about. It's cool how much 
an idea management platform is so much more than an idea management platform because yeah, like an idea or a, a location or a piece of software to gather ideas, you know, that's the most simple definition. But when it comes to like a collective cross continent teams collaborating and generating ideas to better a brand, it's just, it's such a powerful tool. And, and with that in mind, obviously, Bright idea is much more than an idea management platform. That's just a simple way to explain it to people quickly. What's next? Like, how, where do you go from, you know, you have huge enterprise customers, you have a really cool engaging platform that, you know, helps brands grow. What's, what's the next on the horizon, maybe from a product side and then from a professional services side? Well, um, so, you know, let me talk a little bit in the short term of what's going on. So, um, you know, one of the things that um, you know the pandemic um, gave us was an opportunity to bring people together virtually. Um, and we have had, um, I'm just going to play off of what you just said, Jordan, we have had companies run, they'll use the term hackathons, but they're not necessarily hackathons in the traditional sense of the word where it's coding uh, type work, but they've had cross-functional global teams put together business ideas that include maybe a, uh, a financial analysis of, you know, um, you know, a line of business that you could go into, or it could be, you know, how can we, um, how can we do something far more efficiently or how can we automate something, right? So they put these, um, you know, competitions together um, and, um, you know, those, they'll go through a judging stage, an evaluation stage or go through a judging stage and potentially even um, you know, uh, a presentation stage sort of vis-a-vis -vis kind of Shark Tank, right? Um, so, so we see a lot of that in the market and to that extent, um, we're um, enhancing our hackathon product um, for our winter release. Um, and we're taking it um, uh, where it's fairly common now in the software arena to have not just a software product, but also a solution, right? And the solution being a um, a combination of uh, the product, the um, uh, the consulting, the training, the education uh, to go along with that, so that um, when a customer comes to us, as they might go to any other software company, um, that we can deliver all components of that, and they know um, what they are going to have at the end of the services, right? So they sign a contract, they get the software, and at the end of the services, they know that they basically run through one run of this initiative. Okay. Um, you know, where, where do we go from here? Um, we're constantly evaluating the market. Um, our CEO and founder, um, Matt Greeley, and the co-founder, of uh, Vincent Carbone, um, are constantly looking at what's going on in the market, um, where are there adjacencies that we can... Uh, you know, develop into where are there adjacencies that we might already have essentially what that um, uh, market needs. Um, and for us, it's a, a marketing and a packaging uh, component. So um, we're about to have our um, uh, 2024 uh, strategic planning offsite um, the week after next. Uh, so more to come on that. Um, but, you know, uh, for now, uh, if you're a company that's running hackathons or looking to run hackathons, definitely uh, take a look at what we've come, got coming out in our winter release. Hey, can I wager that you used your own uh, product at your uh, strategic management offsite? 
Um, we do. And in fact, I use it. I, I use it within my team. Um, we also use uh, we encourage our customers to use our product. Um, so, um, uh, you know, one of the things that we're proud of is we have a strong rating on a site called G2 Crowd. Okay. Um, and we use G2 Crowd because it's the voice of the customer versus the voice of some analyst who has no idea really what's going on in a business. With all, due, <laughs> with all due respect to all those people at the analytical companies. So, um, but um, uh, we use our own software. And what we uh, encourage our customers to do is when they encounter something that might be good to put in our software, they can go out to um, our idea space. Um, and they can submit that. Those ideas get looked at um, by our product team. Um, oftentimes, there's duplication or there's overlap. Um, and um, I believe the latest number, don't hold me exactly to this, is we implement just just north of 50% of the ideas that come in from uh, customers, right, as part wow. of our as part of our uh, releases. Customers' voice is critical, um, and that's why um, you know. And listening to that customer voice is why we get the high ratings on uh, G2 Crowd. That that makes perfect sense, and and we're we're a big fan of G2 Crowd as well because we have sim. I and and it was something common between our two companies. We're both uh, rated very well there, respectively. Um, and and I think it's I think it's interesting. I feel like particularly for mid market companies and and smaller, there's there's definitely more of a movement to go to look at a, a a customer feedback driven rating like G2 Crowd versus a an analyst driven one by Gartner. Do you think do you think that trend will continue? Do you? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, now that I sort of you know uh, diss the analysts, I'll actually give them a plug. I think there's room for both. Um, I think the analysts are going to look at a. Uh, a space in a market with through a different set of eyes, different lens than than the customer will. The customer is going to look at it um, simply from the way they use the software, mm -hmm. not how the software could be used and and how it stacks up against competition. Right? Generally, if a customer is rating us on G two Crowd, um, they're already using us. Right? Um, that said. It's up to us as a company, both from a product perspective, from a services perspective, customer success perspective, to continue to work to earn that rating. Quarter over quarter, yeah. year over year. Yeah, that makes sense. And and, and I, that, that your comment about the analyst is interesting because because what I've seen is it they can be very it's very useful the perspective because they know all the players so well. They. They for, they're able to formulate a vision of where an industry is going, whether for for whatever whatever slice of of uh, SaaS software you, you might be in, they can say, okay, this is where this segment's going. Whether it's an iPass or where it's whether it's an idea manage management, you can look at that and say, okay, well, this they, they can say, hey, this is where it's headed, and these are the the, the trends that we're seeing across industry. And I, what I see there, where that being useful, is it helps companies be more proactive. It lets them sort of skate to where the puck is going, so to speak. So they can say, like, okay, we're going to need this type of software. We're going to need these features in based on our trajectory in a year or two, uh, instead of being being reactive. But it's a uh, it's just an interesting pairing 
of those two. And and so many, I, I think so many smaller companies are are very real. I mean, they they end up being reliant on being more reactionary anyway in the say the lower half of the mid market. That then they they naturally gravitate towards some of those. Hey, I have a problem in X area. Then they would go and and they would go to to G two Crowd to fix that. But I, I guess I see from what I see in industry, the the analysts can provide a better perspective on on where should they be looking for things that they aren't even aware of yet true i i do think there's an inherent risk in a software company of skating to where the analysts say the market is going so when the analysts put together their um assessment of a, of a given market they're doing so based upon feedback from organizations like yours and mine yeah. Um, where those organizations are stating what they're trying to do. And they tend to, let's just say, inflate, right, what they might be doing. Um, and, and if it's inflated um, in the wrong direction, you just skate in that direction. You could, um, it could be uh, not so good for, a, you know, for a company to go that, that direction. I think the analyst perspective should be considered but there's lots of other analysis that should go on before you, you know, jump into, uh, uh, you know, a given market. Totally, fair. totally fair. So we're getting towards the end of this uh, pre-allotted time, and I have some end questions that I typically like to end with, and I always like to give Mark a, an opportunity to chat. But while we are talking about Bright Idea, the idea management platform. Um, I'm going to turn this podcast into an idea management platform, and I'm going to pitch you something that I've been thinking about, Michael, since you mentioned it a while ago, and I'm curious what you think. And this could be a great idea. If so, I'll take commission. It could be a terrible idea. If so, I'll cut it out of the podcast and no one will ever hear. Um, you mentioned that during these hackathons, you know, someone might think about uh, you know, how to integrate something, and, and that's what got this idea spinning. Or you know, They could be thinking about a million different things. I'm wondering if Bright Idea has ever thought about bringing in external companies to sponsor a podcast or a podcast, excuse me, to sponsor a hackathon. And what I mean by that is, let's say um, Nike, one of your companies, or LinkedIn, one of the companies that uses Bright Idea, has an internal hackathon going on. What if a company like Saligo or any other software company could sponsor this hackathon, meaning anyone within nike who's participating in the hackathon or linkedin who's participating in the hackathon could essentially utilize a software like saligo for free let's say they had an internal uh, integration or automation um, goal and rather than having to build everything themselves we could sponsor them they could utilize saligo for free and if brand or excuse me if this project had proven value meaning let's say it could garner it could save $2 million a year. That would essentially set up companies like Saligo to get a foot in the door at Nike to become their iPass customer. Is that something like external uh, hackathon sponsorship? Is that something that Bright Idea has ever considered or would consider? And I don't necessarily mean this in terms of Saligo being a sponsor could other companies that offer really cool services sponsor hackathons through bright idea and if business value is proven essentially lead to you know maybe a cheaper um contract but also an opportunity for more software companies to get in the door of these enterprise businesses you know it's um it's an interesting concept um because if you started with that train of thought jordan 
And like, okay, so you know, we do have customers that right, software companies that run right hackathons, um, and they run them to internal external external organizations, and typically they will come in and either subscribe to our software or just subscribe to it for a you know, limited period of time for a single hackathon. But what you're saying is, can they you know, sponsor it on behalf, potentially on behalf of another organization, right? Um, you know, use LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is a customer of ours. They run hackathons on our product. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll take that into our strategic planning. I'll share that um, <laughs> with our um, uh, CEO and our head of product. And, uh, you know, at the very least, I'll buy you a beer. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, you know, it's just an idea that popped up, and I thought it could be a cool way to get to to you know speed up the hackathon and 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 allow momentum to build, but also for businesses like Saligo and others to to get a foot in the door and you know spread their you know, evangelize their software and 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 help these hackathons you know grow rather quickly rather than like in our example having them build their own internal iPass via API. They could just you know, use like a, a free trial or, or whatever this sponsorship entails of Saligo. But anyways, enough talking about Saligo. Um, before we wrap up with my well, I, I'm going to, let me just push that. I'm going to push this back to you because another area that I think would be very open to sponsorship um, is, um, you know, uh, is a higher education space. So the big universities run hackathons, right? Um, and they, they do this all the time, but like the smaller, uh, community colleges, right? I think, you know, organizations like Saligo, um, you know, LinkedIn, Adobe, just, you know, companies like that could sponsor, um, you know, hackathons at those universities, say, you know, in essence saying, use our product to solve a market problem, right? Um, and, you know, how does it benefit? It may benefit customers, it may benefit you, right, from a sales perspective. I do think there are definite um, opportunities for that. Um, and I'll just get one last comment in here. You know, uh, Matt and Vin founded the company um, 23 years ago on the premise that there are uh, problems in the world that need to be solved. And there are people out there with ideas looking for a problem to solve. Okay. Um, and the company has gone through many iterations. Obviously, right now we're in the enterprise space. Um, but, uh, I think that man Vin still believe, I don't want to put thoughts into their head, but I think that they still believe, and I certainly believe that there is an opportunity out there for, uh, people to get their idea out in a way that many different companies can look at it. Um, and I think that, um, the, you know, the concept of ideas coming in from anywhere is gaining more and more traction at these large organizations um, and is trickling down to smaller organizations. Um, I think that could be the future of this space. That's fantastic. Um, I think that's a great way to end. I, I know we're coming up on time and I don't want to take up too much of everyone's day. Mark, any, any last, uh, any last words or thoughts before we end this wonderful podcast with Michael O'Toole? Mm -hmm. No, just thank you to Michael for your great, great thoughts and uh, discussion today. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm going to leave with one last comment. I actually am wearing a company T-shirt, and our goal is to create an idea where the best idea, create a world where the best idea wins, uh, where ideas are selected in a meritocracy. So just a little plug. Um, thank you for uh, the discussion, the opportunity.
Absolutely. Pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Michael Atul. Um, for those of you listening and still here with us, thanks for joining us on the Sligo Technology Leaders Podcast. We'll see you all in about a week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.